Hey now, everyone. We're back with our next uh, podcast episode. We are so um, happy to be back because we have taken a little bit of a hiatus. We took a little time off just to think things through and to kind of deal with this whole um, COVID-19 situation that we're dealing with right now. Um, It's already been a month. So for us, sort of been inside and just going outside for workouts and coming back home and, you know, having a few drinks here and there and cooking at home and, you know, um, heading out to the restaurants to do some curbside just to support those local restaurants. I really need our help, but yeah, no, this is not easy. We're not, um, by any means taking it, you know, Lightly. lightly. We're pretty much, you know, anxiety ridden last week I did have to go see my doctor because I was just you know dealing with a little bit too much but (laughs) I know roll rest has rolled his eyes but it's the truth I really wasn't doing well last week and I struggled and then it kind of took over this weekend and I planned to do a little podcast for us over the weekend and then that just didn't go so well I was still wasn't feeling well enough but um I think today I finally started to feel a little bit better and more of like myself. So we decided to come back into uh, podcasting, which is something we're really, really enjoying. We've gotten some really great feedback on our Roni style and wine um, episode, and people are really loving that. And they definitely think that you're right on the money, Rusk, right on the money. Yeah, we got it right. Yes. You're giving those assignments, you know, you really took it to heart and you really pulled it out of. Well, it wasn't too difficult out there. (laughs) those uh, broads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. But it's, uh, they all have very distinctive personalities that stand out. So, And one thing about Ruskett, you'll find, you'll find out if you ever meet him, is he's very observant. He sees people's personalities pretty, pretty quickly and can gauge people pretty fast. And um, he may not talk very much, but he's definitely observing you the whole time. So you need to definitely be on your A game uh, around him. <laughs> so, you know, my podcast is about travel, business, and style, lifestyle, a little bit of lifestyle. Um, and so today we decided we were going to do a travel episode, something that we've definitely, definitely have a lot of experience on. We've been traveling for the last 20 years since we first got married uh, in uh, in the year 2000. So this year turns um, 20 for us. We are definitely... Um, you know, celebrating in some way or another in November. We were not sure. We had plans to head over to Hawaii where we decided. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> where we were, um, where we honeymoon. So we were thinking about going back there. So today our episode is on travel. And at seven unique travel destinations. But we're definitely going to be doing a little bit different. We're going to be doing... Uh, seven trips and seven travel destinations that most people would never consider to travel to. These are the places that, you know, some people just say hail to the no. I am not going there. You will never take me there. That place is definitely not on my list. It's not a cool beach. It's not a beach house. It's not, you know, the mountains. 
And so these are the places that Rusk and I decided at one point we wanted to visit because we wanted to see what it was really all about and because we kind of knew a little bit more about them than other people did. And we did our research before we did that. So these are the dejected or forgotten or forbidden places, places that people wouldn't want to go to. So number one, the one place that I remember us heading over to, and we really considered this place because Rusk is a huge history buff. He loves history. He has multiple history books in his study. And he said to me when we were early on in our relationship that the one place he would definitely want to go to is Israel. Right. So Israel is the one place that... Uh, in my mind, I didn't want to go to because I always thought about the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. I always thought about the, you know, suicide bombers. I thought so many just, you know, bad things, and it was all very negative. Are you? So for us, it was really like, okay, why should we visit Israel, and why should anybody visit Israel? Yeah. So a lot of, <clears throat> I am. A lot of people do have a negative perception of Israel. Obviously, it's in the news all the time. The Palestinian conflict with the Israeli government has been going on for at least two generations, if not longer, for some folks. And every time you think of Israel, you think of a war and torn country. But Israel actually has a lot more to offer than what we tend to hear in the news. Because like what you typically hear in the news, it's always a lot of sensationalism, a lot of exaggeration, and they don't do a good job of getting into the nitty-gritty or the details of visiting a place necessarily like Israel. And a lot of the conflicts are always kind of isolated or concentrated in specific small uh, locations in these countries where without, you know, affecting, you know, the, you know everyday life, the majority of, of, uh, of people that go into work and people you know, having their family, and it's it's just a little few pockets, but it always makes it seem like you're the country's on fire, it's burning down, and yeah. you know, for you know, there have been times, you know, there have been a couple, you know, isolated incidences that have lasted. I think in 2000 and 1987, there was these intifadas that kind of were more widespread, but they were short lived, and there are some ramifications of that, but but they're not something that affects everyday life all the time. So, uh, right. so I like, you know, I was, I was totally sure that we wanted to go to Israel. I thought that it would be a really cool place. It's obviously the crossroads of the three great monotheistic religions. And no matter what faith you are, or if you're just a history buff like myself, mm -hmm. and don't adhere to any particular uh, religion. It's something that uh, would be really cool to see because if you are you know, it has obviously history and it has religion. And I always say that religion are the branches of history and history are the, is the trunk of a tree. And so you get to see a little bit of both. Uh, you get, it's obviously there's Christianity, there's Judaism, there's Islam, and they're all within a very small uh, square foot, uh, square mile area of real estate, excuse me. And, you know, it's kind of where civilization began for a lot of people in this world, for billions of people. When you adhere to this religion, this is where it all, it all started. Of course, right. for Islam, it started in Saudi Arabia, but but, they but all, in terms of like right. a pilgr pilgrimage, like this a pilgrimage. is like a great place to go to right. for that sort of thing. We are, we didn't go for that sort of thing. We really are right. history aficionados, and if anything, we definitely like the the conglomerate of right. like all the different cultures that come together in Israel. Right, and so that's uh, that's a, that's that's one of the great things that you can see is when you can see, you get to see what it is that drives mm -hmm. these religions to come together. Yeah. 
and not to come together, to be divide, to be divisive, but also to see where it all began and to to put it in, you know, to put it to let it to let us see in a firsthand perspective is really amazing. It is. Israel is actually that. a very, very safe place. It is, it's so. a very safe country. It's highly guarded. There's a lot of security there. When we you had, go through seven checkpoints. Yeah, for was, sure. There was a lot of checkpoints to go through in the, when you're departing and when you're arriving. Uh, the they, food is fantastic. The food is oh, fantastic. Oh my goodness, the right. food is like. Right. Phenomenal. Their, their wine is very good out there, and of course, there's mm-hmm. a, there's famous destinations like the Dead Sea. Yes, uh, that it's a must if you visit Israel. Which, by the way, really, if you are one of those people that are unsure about climate change, go to the Dead Sea, and you will see the difference between right. what the Dead Sea used to be and what it is today. Right. So let's move on to the next one because we have seven places that we need to get right. to. So the second one would be Russia, and Russia for sure is one of those places that we went. We visited in. 20, uh, what was it, 2016, right before the elections, actually, it was that summer. Um, I didn't want to go there. I know I was one of those that was like, oh, why am I going to go so far? And like, I don't really know, know anything. But again, my history buff husband uh, said, right. hey, you should come. Yes. <laughs> you should definitely join in. Um, but you know what? It turned out to be a pretty fantastic trip. I learned a lot and it really was an eye-opening experience for me as a brown girl visiting a really white country, how they really saw me as an outsider. Yes, you were definitely an outlier. Outlier, yeah. Myself being half Czech, (laughs) so that makes me Slav and racially I'm I'm related to the Russians. Uh, they, I almost blended in. I have that round head of a Slav, and that I found myself, I found my brethren, and my cousins out there. But it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's an interesting place. You know, yeah. it's, it's a confluence of the old and new. It's a confluence yeah. of two economic systems of capitalism and communism. Uh, it's amazing uh, in terms of the accountability that the people hold each other to. Yes, uh, it's definitely a very homogeneous country. And there is not a lot of different people there. Not a lot of diversity, no, right? Not a lot of diversity. Not for a lot sure. of diversity. And the two main cities that you would probably visit while visiting Russia are Moscow and St. Petersburg. Mm-hmm. And in Moscow, it's the architecture is mostly from the the throes of communism from the Stalin era. It's very uh, stoic, you know, very stoic and, and very cerebral. Dry. Kind of, right? And the people mm-hmm. kind of they kind of flow into that. Mm-hmm. But when you not a lot of smiling faces. Not a lot huh? of smiling faces. Mm-hmm. But as you make, you can get on a high-speed train, you make your way up to St. Petersburg, and you, you're almost like yeah. back in Paris. Yeah. You know, the, the old Russian... Czars. Uh, uh, the old Russian czars, royalty, were fascinated with French architecture, the ch- chateau style. You'll find a lot of that. But the most, the thing that we found the most fascinating was actually the Georgian food from the oh Caucasus. I'm not talking about Georgia, United States. I'm talking about Georgia and the Caucasus. How good was that? That was fantastic. I mean, it was it was amazing. We had this it. one encounter right. where we were so like so disappointed with Russian food. We got to this restaurant and we could not figure out what to order. The waiter looked at us and he said, "If you want good food right. and you're in Russia, you need to find a Georgian restaurant." And that was, I think, the best piece of advice because that was like the second day in, and we right. still had maybe five more days to go. I remember like thinking, oh my goodness, this guy just hit a jackpot because the first moment we walked into that, we smelled the cheeses, the meats, the most delicious food. I don't think I've ever had food like that again. 
and I crave it to this day. I want to have that kind of food again. But that was really right. quite an experience, wasn't it? It was very, it was very, oh. yeah. The Georgian food really was a, kind of like an icing on the cake for the Russian food. It was so good. It was so amazing. amazing. I don't know if we would ever go back. I don't right. think we would. Right. But we definitely experienced something pretty interesting and different and unique right. in its own way. Well, not every travel destination yeah. always has to be something you always have to say you have to go back to. I mean, traveling yeah. is a window and a right. mirror at the same time, right? Yep. So let's go to Morocco. Morocco was the third place that a lot of people don't know about, a lot of Americans don't know about, and they don't visit because they don't know too much about it. They kind of assume it's in Africa. So, oh, you know, they're a little afraid of, of what it could be. But you know what? I remember, you know, visiting Morocco for me, you know, personally, not, you know, uh, as my kids have a different perspective, and I think you do as well. I really found it to be highly cultural, highly vibrant, um, colorful, like super colorful. I remember walking into the souk and just seeing and just feeling the smells of the spices, the jewels, the gems, the the haggling that happens all the time at these. Yeah, yeah, no, Morocco. Morocco is a very magical kind of place. Uh, it's uh, it's on the obviously it's on the western part of the far west part of Africa and being half Arab it was interesting listening to Moroccans speak a French accented Arabic because oh. and you know my father listening to my father speak Arabic for most of my life I found almost mm-hmm. none of the words I can understand in Arabic out there in Morocco and obviously the architecture is unique to that part of Africa with the they have us. Uh, these, these little houses, these palaces called Casbas, and the, like Alicia has said, the, yeah. the spices are really uh, forthcoming, they're very intense, and the city that we had visited was Marrakesh, and in Marrakesh, it's a very, it's a very congested, it's a very dense city, but you get everything you're looking for in, in a Moroccan experience, mm. and I would recommend if you do make it out to Morocco, to do a safari out to the Sahara Desert, which is about maybe an hour and a half, two hour drive, yeah. and stay in a and stay in a tent overnight next to the Algerian. That's border. a little like it's not really glamping, but no. it's kind of right. a little. Bit it's of kind a of like glamping yeah. minus, right? It's they don't have the whole. I like that. I like that glamping minus. minus. They don't yeah. have the whole bougie glamping experience that you can get, but you get to ride on the camels out there in the desert. It's very surreal. It's a little bit of everything. You got your city. You got your desert. You get the. You get the French experience, you get the Arab experience, it's all kind of mixed in together. Yeah, and one thing I want to recommend to people is don't think that, or don't assume that because it's in Africa or it's an Arabic country that it's Muslim all the time and right. there's no, no wine or liquor or anything. Like, yeah. No, I will no, tell you they have everything. They will have everything and they will get you whatever you want, basically. Honestly, it's really like that. Beautiful manicured garden. I, my favorite experience was the Yves Saint, Le, Saint Laurent house in Casablanca. It was beautiful. It just showed his, you know, his his um, his style, his taste yeah. level. It was just some, one of my favorite places. And a lot of the great, a lot of great legendary movies like The Gladiator yes. and The Kingdom of Heaven yes. were actually filmed on site in Morocco. And you can ask your tour guide to take you to see those. Uh, uh, sites of recording, particularly where uh, Russell Crowe was was recovered after uh, after he was mauled by this uh, by the Romans, and he was recovered in Morocco. 
Right. And uh, he's found you find him in that yeah. pseudo smaller version of Colosseum. Yeah. That's still there today. That is still there. Right. And you can also do the Kingdom of Heaven. They have the. Uh, Mm-hmm. They have the uh, all of those movies, right. yeah. Those uh, Middle Eastern the, the set there for the Kingdom of Heaven, where Salahuddin was attacking the Christians and all that. Yeah, area. I love it. I love it, and I love that we went there and we had that experience. So let's go to number four, India. India is another place that I think a lot of people think, "Oh my God, never ever! It's too far. It's too poor." I literally was dragged on the plane by Rusk. <laughs> That day before, I had said to him, I'm not coming. I don't know why you want to go to India. I don't know why you're thinking I should go. But you know what? It came to a point where I was extremely stressed with my business. Mm -hmm. I wasn't doing well mentally. I wasn't doing well physically. I wasn't doing well, I guess, spiritually, where you can consider spiritual. I just was not doing good at all. But I was still fighting you. Remember that? I was like, no, I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not going. But it turned out, I think, one of the trips that changed me the most, I think, in any trip that we've taken in the last 20 20 years. Yeah, the India was, I remember it was a drag for you, but I knew, you know, it's it's great to sometimes think outside the box and read, you know, stuff that you typically don't read. And that's how you kind of come across these these, uh, destinations that most people don't uh, think of going to. And India, I think, was one of them. When you think of India, you think of extreme poverty, you think of high dense, uh, high dense populations, you think of a completely different world, but there is a very surreal, also magical side to India. The people there are yes. super friendly. Oh. You just, I mean, it's, it's amazing how people can be so content with so little yeah. and with a compliment or a, simply a smile, it's amazing what you can get in return uh, from, from people that have very little and I think the topping on besides the food in India was amazing. All I oh mean, it was, just, it was some goodness. of the best food I think we ever tried in all of our travels. In, in any place, but the Taj Mahal actually lives up yeah. to what you yeah. think it's supposed yeah. to live up yeah. to. It's it's visiting the Taj, and it it was like a it was almost like being on a different planet. It was mm-hmm. you didn't you didn't feel like you were in India. You didn't. The palace was so grandiose, and really? and, the, and the story behind the Taj yeah. Mahal, how uh, the the. Uh, the king dedicated, I think, to his third wife, if, if I recall, as a tomb for her. I mean, just it's almost like female empowerment, you know, right. 500 years before, you know, <laughs> became fashionable, right? Not to say it's fashionable, yeah, it's but fashionable. before it became, you know, no, for society. But I think there's parts of India that we don't see in media that is so important and so crucial that we definitely talk about. The gardens, the nature, the right. astrology, the points, the points in the cities where people come together and um, they sell, they you know do commerce, they do yes, of course the the you know the typical donkey in the middle right. of the road. Yeah. All of those things are happening, and everything. All of those things are there, but right. there is a sense of contentment that I don't think. You could acquire anywhere else, but in India and probably in Mexico, I've seen this in Mexico as well, where you can feel so happy and just be okay and just be fine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Totally okay. Yes, there are donkeys on the street. Yes, there are cows on the street. Yes, there are elephants, you know, walking adjacent to your car. But I think that's part of traveling. That's the essence is to see how other people live, how other countries do uh, they go about their business. It's a window and a mirror at the same time. It gives you perspective. It gives you. Uh, yeah. You come back. You kind of. You kind of gives you a reality check a little bit. 
I know. I came back and I was like, oh, wow. You know, my little silly issues over here are nothing compared to what the people face in India. Um, Amazing place for sure. I would definitely go back if I could one day. So let's move on. We've done really, really well in giving you guys at least four so far of our favorite places that we've visited, but that nobody ever considers visiting or says, hell no, I'm not going there. But okay, we've been there and we're here to tell you the real, real, the real truth. So here's my number five. El Salvador. And El Salvador was a place that I went to by myself. Rusk wasn't a, a part of this because I was invited by one of my girlfriends and she wanted to do a girlfriend trip. And uh, we arrived actually to Guatemala, which was one of our friends. She lives there and her family's from there. And it was just such a lovely, beautiful place. I had never been to Guatemala. I have never been to El Salvador. Neither one of these two places had ever been a place that I had been to. I think maybe I had been to a few different places in Central America, such as, um, you know, Costa Rica, Panama, all of those, Honduras, but I've never been to El Salvador. Finally, I got a little the chance to head there. And I can tell you that I found it to be such a charming, amazing, sweet little country that I could not imagine this in my head before. Because obviously, again, living in this country, we are bombarded by certain media files and certain media what is it? What, are, what, what can we call it? Mainstream media narratives. Yeah, right, there there we go. Narratives that it's, you know, poor and it's filled with nothing but drugs and, and drug addicts. Drugs and, and crime. And, and crime and, and, and all the cartels. And all that, right? But honestly, when I found what I found was, you know, a group of people that are really just trying to make it work, make it happen, make it good for themselves. The artists and coffee houses, honey, that I tr- that I visited, I think were just so unique and special because I think they they really take their coffee very seriously. And just like different countries have different things, like you know, if you go to Mendoza in Argentina, you know, it's all about their wine and they're so proud of their wine. Or you go to certain parts of Italy and it's about you know you know different things or their olive oil you know, that sort of thing. But in El Salvador, it was such a beautiful thing to find these gorgeous little tiny coffee houses that were just doing amazing artisan crafted coffee. And I was just, you know, blown away by how amazing it is. I'm just so excited for this country because I feel like their president is really making a big push towards promoting business promoting his country right. in terms of, you know, what it can become at the world right. stage and such a nice um, way to, 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 to do a paradigm shift in my head yes. of what I thought. Right. In San and that's, and it goes back to what we've been saying. That's a great thing about traveling is that you get these paradigm shifts. You get to go out there uh-huh. and see for yourself yeah. what the reality is versus what you're actually being told uh, when you're, when you're seeing it back in the news back home, and it's good for the president that he's doing that, that he's thinking mm-hmm. outside the box. That mm-hmm. he's in, Because the only really known cure for poverty is the empowerment of women. And the only known uh, cure for getting uh, getting out of a situation like high crime and high balance is the empowerment of, of people to have jobs. And if they, if they can right. self-sustain themselves, then there's no need to have, there's no need for crime. There's no need to get into uh, drug-related, uh, crime-related businesses. I loved it. 
it was really, really a wonderful experience right. visiting in Salvador. Our six is the Galapagos right. Islands. That was definitely an interesting place. <laughs> it was, it was, it's, it's interesting because it's a little bit of a challenge to get to. It is a challenge. Right. It's not. Uh, it's not as. Uh, yeah, and by the way, right. guys, Rusk is the one that plans our trips, oh, and he's yeah. the one that organizes everything. I just say to him, "Where are we going, and what am I packing for?" Right? right? Yes. You'll say, uh, "You'll say something like, well, it's going to be hot, and it's going to be.' <laughs> you just give me like the climate, right?" <laughs> and I, oh, okay, that's where we're going. Lisa I love just, it. I just, just love it. I just hop on. Where are we going? When we're coming back? And what are we doing? But I'm glad, you know, because it's, it makes it makes obviously planning a little bit easier. And I'm glad she trusts me. I appreciate that. I do. And I trust you. It makes it uh, makes it fun. But you know, the Galapagos is great because to get there, you obviously have to get through Ecuador, and it would be. And what we did is we had stayed a couple of days in the capital of Ecuador in Quito, and Quito was a nice Spanish colonial town. I think it's the highest uh, town in I think the world. I think it was a nine thousand or ten thousand. Uh, I felt uh, it. 10,000 feet, right? So there is very thin, but it was, you know, the food is good. It was, it was, it's a very quaint and it's not a very, it's not very large. It's a long city that we learned, but it's only, I think, four miles wide. Yeah. So it's kind of weird. It's like, it's like yeah. a very, it's like a, yeah. it's like a Chilean, it's like, a, it's like, it looks like Chile, except it's a small town. It has that kind of geographic mm -hmm. design mm -hmm. to it. But once you go through uh, Quito, then you know, you stay there for a couple of days and you, you fly out to the Galapagos to make a long story short and you get on a boat. Uh, you can take a private boat or you could rent uh, a boat with some other folks on it, which is what we did. And you island hop. The thing is, there's no internet out there. There's no internet on the boat. You're as desolate in wildlife as you can possibly imagine. It is, you can't touch the animals. You can't really get very close to them. Uh, and the animals I'm talking about are the iguanas. I'm talking about tortoises, uh, thousands and thousands of different species of birds. I don't know what else did we see out there. Well, the turtle. turtles. Turtles. We we only visited four islands. Finches. There's a lot more out. The finches. That's right. Uh, oh, of course, the sea lions. We went scuba diving oh, with God, the sea lions so out. Beautiful. Yeah, that was that was really cool. But uh, you know, it's about a three four day ride out there. So get ready to be isolated. Get ready to. See some be, amazing, some yeah. some uh, amazing natural wildlife. If you're one yeah. of those wildlife people that love to get out there, the nitty gritty, love to get out there hunting, camping. It. Oh, nature the, people! Nature oh, people get, get it's ready. heaven. It's heaven for you guys. Mm -hmm. Bring the binoculars. <laughs> not this city people. Yeah, not not the city people, <laughs> but we had to try it, and you know, we got used to it after a while. But it was definitely uh, definitely get ready for the high elevation, y'all. All right, last last country because we're 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 like reaching the end. Uh, okay, last country. Can I just tell them that China was one of those places again? I was like, I'm not going. You can never make me, and I'm not gonna go back. I would never, never, never. And so Rusk for his 40th birthday, uh, like uh, I guess maybe half a year before his 40th. He had been thinking in his head, like, what is he going to do for his 40th birthday? So an article popped up on Destinations in the Destinations right. magazine. It was in Departures magazine. Oh, Departures. Magazine. Departures. So I was flipping through it, and I saw a tour that was offered for Beijing, Shanghai, and Hong Kong. 
eight, uh, eight nights, nine days. And I said, this is where I'm going for my 40th. And so I called the next day as soon as they opened up. And I had noticed it happened to be just around my birthday. But you said, this is where we're going for my birthday. Right. You like it or not, right. this we're, is what we're doing for my going. 40th birthday. And if you're not coming, you're not coming, but I'm going. <laughs> And I think, Alicia, I think, I think, I believe I recall you saying Shanghai <laughs> was one of those places that you want to go back to. Oh, I will right? most definitely one right. day go back to Shanghai. It's almost like a latter day, twenty late into the 21st century city that's super modern. It has some French influence on it back from the 19th century. It's, it's, <sighs> it's just amazing. The, the, it's just amazing how organized the Chinese people are. It's amazing I how... Know. The urban planning is organized. The food is amazing. Where I mean, there's just there's parts of the United States that are so far behind the Chinese in, in a lot of aspects. But uh, Shanghai is right there at the pinnacle. I think I prefer Shanghai over Hong Kong. So you know, a lot of people say, "Oh my God, I've never been to New York. New York is the best city, best city, best city." I, you know, now that I've been to Shanghai, I'm like, okay. No, Shanghai overtakes New York, right. overtakes all of those big cities that we've always thought, you know, were just a freaking like crazy amazing. No, this is play this is a place. And one day we will go back and one day we will enjoy it. But I think, you know, if anything, I think one thing that we can definitely talk about in terms of these places that we've visited is don't don't throw don't um Put anything aside because someone said to you, don't go there. Right. That's absolutely right. not a good thing. Do your own research. Do your own research. Look at TripAdvisor. Look at other sources and find out, you know, yes. look, look at it for yourself. Don't listen to the mainstream media, whether liberal, conservative, doesn't matter. Do it doesn't matter. Whatever they say to you. There's a lot of potential yeah. in a lot of places out there. You do your own research right. and go off and do whatever you feel you want to do because right. honestly, there are so many places and a lot of people just really don't know that they can be amazing. They can be, you know, magical. Again, I'm going to be that person that will say to you, I said to Rask, I'll never, I'll never. And then I did. And then I was like, okay, I want to go back. I want to go back. So listen to me. I'm definitely telling you right now, you want to be one of those people that are open-minded and try different places and unique places. And even if you leave your house and go just a five-hour drive and go someplace new, you are traveling. You are going somewhere different, something new, something unique. It doesn't have to be a half, you know, a world away. Go somewhere. Try something new. Try a new food. Try something.